0: There is no time like the 2020s to start a company, to start a startup. You know, with the rise of the internet, you can learn anything at a very low cost, if not for free. You can build anything without needing to know how to code with tools like Bubble and Adalo. And you can get the word out about your products for free by using you know sites like Twitter, Product Hunt, and Reddit. There's no time. Like the 2020s to build a company, yet one element of kind of entrepreneurship and company building that hasn't caught up with the times is venture capital. Unless you live, you know, in San Francisco or New York, chances are you may know what venture capital is, but you may not really know how it works. You may not know who the good VCs are and you may not know how they think. So with this podcast of forward thinking investors, I wanna dive into this world. I wanna help anyone in the world understand what is venture capital, who are the great venture capitalists and how do they think about their day to day with the goal to help more people understand how it works so they can go out and raise capital for themselves. And they can build billion-dollar companies just like Larry did at Google or Travis did at Uber or Katrina did at Stitch Fix. That can be you, but it just takes some education. And I'm using this podcast as a medium to teach everyone more about venture capital. So if you want to learn about it, you want to dive in, you want to meet some awesome investors, stick around, listen to some episodes, and and I hope you enjoy. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. We talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, we have an investor segment where we are not talking to a founder. We are talking to an investor about portfolio construction and investing and all things on the other side of the table. Today, we're talking to Andrew Gluck, who is a GP at Reverent. Welcome to the show. How's it going?
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's going, it's going really well. I appreciate uh, you setting this up.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to, excited to chat. We've been connected on Twitter for a little, and it's always nice to be able to talk face-to-face with someone that you've seen on, on the interwebs for, for a little bit. Um, So I think the first question, which is where I I generally start with, with most guests that are investors are, you know, investing is, is, is not something a lot of people um, kind of know that much about or have a straight path forward into. So I'm curious for you, how did you find yourself kind of into investing? Just walk me through kind of how you landed here. Then we'll learn a little bit more about road rent and kind of where you're doing now. Yeah, sure.
1: Um, So I, um, it's I've, I've, I guess invested when you talk about investing you know, I think a little bit about not just venture capital investing and VC investing, but I've kind of invested, you know, my whole life and always been interested in the stock market and, and um, companies, company building and, and all of that and entrepreneurship. And um, I actually remember um, doing some investing through uh, one of those after-school clubs, and checking the stock prices in the newspaper every single week to update, you know, our performance and everything. Uh, I remember in college um, in one of my classes that I guess I wasn't paying that much attention to day trading um, some stocks and things like that. Um, and then, you know, even more uh, recently than that, you know, I've, I've always been very interested in the internet, and in digital commerce and e-commerce. Um, that's where my background is. So remember, you know, shortly after and throughout college and after college investing in a lot of the, you know, the web 1.0, 2.0 type stocks um, and having some success there. And then um, for the past basically decade, decade plus um, I've been in the, really in the digital marketing world. I worked at a um, startup in the space. Then I worked at an Amazon subsidiary. And then I worked at uh vitamin shop, a publicly traded company. And then in 2014, I co-founded a digital marketing agency called Agency Within, Uh, grew it to be the largest independent digital marketing agency in the U.S., Uh, meaning in terms of just spend under management, there's about five or six big holding companies outside of them. We were the largest in terms of actual dollars spent on Google, Facebook, and those channels Uh, and spent close to a billion dollars on Facebook or over a billion dollars on Facebook, over a billion dollars on Google um, for a lot of bc backed brands, so brands like Coop and Rothies, Helix, Bandier, Zola, Lola, um, and a bunch of others. And um, we also worked with enterprise brands and more brands that you know more people might know, like Nike, Intuit, Shake Shack, Spinks, Etsy, and others. And uh, it's funny because at the time I knew a little bit about BC and what it was like, and you know, investing in those spaces uh, from some of our clients and helping them with their you know elements of their deck and and some of the some of their slides and, and gathering data around LTV and CAC and all of that, but didn't really know too much about it. Um, and then when I had a successful exit from the agency in 2018 um, and was thinking about what I wanted to do next, I realized kind of this dichotomy really in like the types of brands that we're working with. We're either working with really smaller, but really fast growing brands or more enterprise brands that were still growing, but you know less focused on growth, more focused on profitability, a little bit more state, a little bit more, a little bit slower moving, and realized that I really enjoyed um, working with those early stage companies on that zero to one, on that product market fit, on that super quick scaling, uh, building the airplane while you're flying it type situations. Um, and so started to get involved in that space in uh, really in October of 2018, um, started talking to founders, um, taking pitches. Uh, and and started investing um, a few months later, and made um, you know some some investments as an angel investor. I did some advising as well, um, bringing those those marketing uh, skills and tactics to 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 these startups, and uh, started doing that um, in twenty really the beginning of twenty nineteen. I've been doing that for about two two and a half years. Um, had some good success, um, some early winners. Um, and from that, decided to go out and raise a fund and just ex- extend the impact of what I've been doing to, you know, more portfolio, more more founders, more companies, and larger check sizes.
0: Well, I appreciate you sharing all of that, um, and it, I mean, it makes sense, kind of, how you landed up at, at, at starting a fund. And I'm curious to learn more about it. I mean, when you decided, when you got to the point when you were like, you know what, I should expand my impact, you know, let's start a fund. How do you even know to make some of the core decisions? Like, for example, like, how do you know how big of a fund or how many checks you're going to write? Or or just how do you kind of, how do you come up with some of these things um, when when you got started?
1: Yeah. And the decision to start a fund is is a tough one, right? So it's very easy to, not very easy, but, you know, at the end of the day, when you're investing your own capital, it's, there's no one to answer to except for yourself, you know, maybe your family or spouse. Um, and, and, and all that, my wife always likes to joke about that. Um, she's the, the silent partner, I guess, in this, in this whole endeavor. Um, and then there's a, you know, when you move um, to raising a fund, one of, the, one of the challenges, but also one of the good parts is some elements of the discipline, right? Around um, portfolio construction, around check sizing, around sectors and uh, stages. And if you're gonna be more disciplined on some of those things around processes and just, just being more thorough, I wouldn't even say thorough, but more um, standardized some of the processes, right? So, um, a- and I think that discipline is a great thing. And the truth is, I when I was investing as an angel, I uh, kind of knew thought that maybe I would one day wanna raise a fund. So tried to bring that same rigor, that same analysis, that same approach to angel investing. So um, it might've annoyed um, some founders to be honest, but I think I you know, um, helped more than I hurt. So um, in terms of just, you know, for, for some of the check sizes that probably was, you know more than one or two phone calls and, and did a little bit more diligence than relative to the check size. But I also um, conversely, you know, outpunch the check size in terms of the the impact and the value add um, as well. So uh, fortunately, founders put up with that um, and, you know, we was able to get into some great rounds and some great companies and work with some amazing founders. Um, and I think one of the biggest things is that's really nice about the VC industry, which is hard to know beforehand, is how helpful people do want to be. Um, and everyone has an angle and everyone's trying to, to do something. And it it is a financial services game. And, and, but because it's so long-term thinking, just in terms of how long funds are, how you cooperative things need to be because yes, you might pass on this deal, but in six months from now, you might want to talk to one of my portfolio companies and try to lead or preempt their next round. Like there's, there's this, cooperation element that is I don't think is in other industries, just in terms of sharing ideas, sharing thoughts. And I've been able to find some really great mentors in the space. Um John Emanitis from Lake House, Venture Uh Capital is, is one of one of them. Um a, a bunch of peers as well who are kind of going through the same things, maybe a step or two ahead of me and talking to them about how you how they think through a few different things. Um, and yeah, I mean it's it's been really interesting um and i'm still learning a lot um and there's still you know a lot to learn but it's been it's been fun and, and challenging
0: yeah i appreciate you sharing that i mean as like you know i'm a founder and there's lots of founders that look at vcs and like the only thing they see is like oh like they're, they're writing checks like like you know we, we want to be invested in but there's like a whole like a giant ecosystem um that's that's supportive uh, that 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 helps bring new investors in and, and help them and it's really interesting to learn about from my seat on this podcast but i am curious um on the, the activities that you do in the realm of investing. I'm curious if you're if you're open to sharing, like what do you look for in like a, a good opportunity? Like what what do you what do you like in founders? Are there certain markets you like? But you know, if, if someone a dream deal landed across your desk, like what would be some of the attributes if like you're open to sharing?
1: Yeah. So one of the biggest um, things that I look for is founder market fit. Um, so I'm trying to invest the early stages. You know, often pre-revenue, pre traction definitely you know pre-pre product market fit. Um, trying to invest um, in the first round rounds that a company you know is raising. Uh, and so for me, I I think it's really important to understand how the founder or founding team thinks about the problems and and wants to approach and attack it. And the you know, they may pivot a little bit. They might go after, you know, they might go, you know, a little bit more enterprise than they're currently going. They might um, pivot from, you know, the uh, different business model to, um, from a different business model into, um, you know, SaaS, for example, or whatever the case might be. So there's just like a lot of um, back and forth there um or or pivoting there but you still are investing in the founders and the market that they're attacking and their kind of relationship to that market is is what's really critical for me
0: yeah i mean it's like it's so early that like it's really just like the conviction that a founder has to like make it happen um i feel like that that's a large amount of the bet what what's a um What's interesting is around the time you got into VC, this this thing happened in the world COVID-19, which kind of flipped so many industries upside down, some for good, some for bad. Um, I'm curious, like, what is, if you don't mind sharing, um, do you mind, like, like, uh, being a VC, not for too long until that hit, what has your experience been like as a VC, seeing this flip of, like, everything going in person to now everything being remote? And if you don't mind sharing, like, what's, what's kind of your experience doing VC post-COVID? Do you like it more? Do you like it, like, not as much? Are there things you like about it more? I would just love to hear your perspective on post-COVID investing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I mean, funny, uh, you know, I found a funny situation, but um, I was actually going to, right before COVID, you know, I was trying to figure out, like, you know, narrowing down my sectors, now it's narrowing down my stages. And I thought like one thing I was going to do is I was going to be really focused on, you know, call it New York, New York City, you know, and adjacent areas, but really tri state area, you know, um, and be really focused on that. And COVID really upended that. Um, and now it's made it obviously easier to meet people, um, you know, kind of everywhere. i um, still focused on really US based companies for now. Um, and I think my experience probably is, um, you know, similar ish, um, to, to some just in terms of the, you know, zoomification of fundraising, both for investors, both for, um, VCs raising money from LPs, right? Like I, you know, listen, I have LPs that invested in my fund without ever meeting me. Um, but certainly ones that have you know, even substantial ones that have only met on Zoom, just because that's just the way things are now. Um, and I think it's, it, there's a little bit of, a, of, again, like a good and bad, right? I think for many founders who have a network, who have, uh, you know, a Rolodex of people that they get intro to and that rolls to other intros and, and can create that momentum, they can now meet with many more funds much more easily. Um, and then conversely, the people who you know might not have the network going in, um, it, it might be tougher just because it's harder to stand out, um, right? When you go to an event, an in in-person, um, whatever the case might be, um, it, it, you, you sit on a panel with someone or you see them on a panel and you talk to them after, it's a little easier to stand out. Uh, and I think I'm probably not the only one. I mean, it's hard for me to compare because I don't have so much year over year data, but whose deal flow level has just exploded just because again, like it's easier than ever for people to reach out and connect. And um, you know, for me, i my goal is to be, you know, hugely open to cold inbound. Um, it's a challenge. I have, you know, um, about 50 to 60 deals sitting in my inbox right now that I need to review, uh, but that's the job. Right. Um, and I've funded things off cold inbound in the past. I've, um, invested in deals. Uh, I've, I've done some cold outreach myself to, to founders um, that have started working on interesting things. Um, so it kind of works both ways. But yeah, I think the the zoomification has benefits and its cons. And I think uh, you know the other thing you know is also the the zoom fatigue, right? So you know trying to do more and more um, in person meetings where possible. Just to get out. I for me, um, I live in Englewood, New Jersey, which is right outside Manhattan. So I'm probably I'm trying to schedule to go into the city once every two weeks. Um, do in-person meetings, do some coffee meetings, walking meetings, things like that, just to get out, breathe a little fresh air, um, and do something that's not just staring at a screen all day. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's just like most things in technology. There's there are tools, right? They could be used for good or for bad, and you gotta you gotta try to do your best to make sure they're
0: used for good. You mentioned there that you um, you often I mean you, you you're very open to cold email, and you send cold email yourself. What is uh what is the characteristic of like a good cold email? Uh, like so many founders are like I mean like just send hundreds of emails to hundreds of investors, and some of them even have like their like automated campaigns, which is obviously not the way. But I'm curious as someone that looks at these emails, what 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 do you think? What do you like if someone cold emailed you that you have never heard of before? What is the characteristic of that email?
1: Yeah, and and like I think there's there's kind of two ways to go about it. One is the um one is the like mass email, right? Um right, don't pretend to be personalized saying, you know, just hey, like, here's information about our company. I have your email. I'm reaching out to you. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And good investors that are open to cold inbound, will take a look at that. And and uh, if they're interested, we'll follow up. Um, and then there's the opposite, which is the, like, one-to-one, you know, outreach with personalization. Hey, you know, I'm reaching out to you because I saw similar investments in XYZ. Um, I saw you invested in this company, that company, and worked with this company, or I was, you know heard you on on matt's podcast um all of those things are, are pretty interesting um you know just just know you as a as an investor you realize that this person took time to pick you out and write a personalized note which does stand out i i'm still going to read both um and then the contents what's really important hey this is what we do this is you know either our traction, this is our founding team, this is how we solve the problem, this is our unique earned insight. And, you know, and this is what we're doing. I mean, I love if they are, hey, and like, this is what we've accomplished. You know, we've previously raised XYZ from these investors and now we're raising, looking to raise you know, XYZ over the next few months. Um, and here's our deck. Attach the deck, send the deck, just send it. Like the whole, I'm going to, you know, tease you into it, get you excited and then send you the deck. Like, honestly, it's, it's, uh, you're actually, in my opinion as an investor, like for founder, you're actually annoying the investor more like, Hey, can I send you the deck? Yeah. Like those, those are the most frustrating things, right? Like, yes, you could send me the deck, right? Like you don't need someone's permission to send them a deck. Um, if you have their email address, um, and if you have something so crazy, you think that needs to be hidden and you don't want to share broadly and you don't want to share. Okay. So make a deck, a version without it. Um, you know, uh, but, um, share the information, get them excited, get them excited about the traction, um, or whatever, whatever is the most exciting element. Maybe it's, Hey, we just, you know, we just got this third person to come join be our co-founder. They, you know, solve this part of the equation for us, be some, you know, his or her experience and get them pumped up. Um, But short bullets, four to five bullets, um, yeah, the most impressive, exciting parts of the business.
0: And then just for the last, uh, kind of the last section, I'm curious, like in 2021, what markets are you interested in right now? I mean, the the world is 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 feels like it's crazy, right? Like so many things that are changing um in so many markets. So what's piquing your interest right now um in in when looking at potential investments? What markets do you like?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the one that's like pretty exciting to me is the next gen commerce one, uh, which is the kind of consumer fintech marketplaces, vertical SaaS, uh e-commerce enablement tools. Um, I mean, there's there's obviously so much going on on the e-commerce side. Um, You know, people talk about the, you know, all the penetration of the business and how much more it's scaled. Um, There's actually a great blog post. I'm a very small investor in Italic um, who announced their Series B today. And one of the investors um, wrote a great blog post about, you know, how much of that e-commerce penetration was still, you know, Amazon and Walmart basically. Um, and how there's still, you know, tons of e-commerce brands that are growing, but still have, you know, a lot of of run rate and room to grow, um, and the tools that are going to enable that and help that, whether it's, you know, a better checkout experience like Skio, which is a subscription, you know, enablement tool, um, that I've invested in or, um, co-op commerce, which is a, you know, kind of tool that lets you, um, invest in, uh, sorry, lets you advertise to other brands uh, post checkout and kind of creates that network effect before um, these brands. Um, and so, yeah, there's just, that space is really exploding. And I think that there, we're gonna see a lot more there um, out, of, out of the spaces that I'm kind of looking at. Those are the you know ones that are probably the most exciting.
0: And if a founder is listening to this or anyone's listening to this, whether it's an investor or an LP or a founder, where can they learn more about you online? Like do you have a Twitter account, LinkedIn, website? I guess feel free to share share the links where people can learn more about kind of what you're up to.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think Twitter is a great place to follow me. I'm closing in on 5,000 followers. So maybe this podcast can push me over the edge. Um, I'm at uh, at DC, um, and. Um, you can also read more about me at, uh, at irreverent.com, um, and then follow me on LinkedIn or connect on LinkedIn. I, I mean, there's some information there. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've also been fortunate to do uh, a decent amount of media and things like this. I'll be on a uh, consumer BC panel, um, in late November. Uh, so Google me stuff will show up um and yeah feel free to reach out if you're a founder um with a, with an idea don't ask if you could send the deck just send it um if you're an investor in the space looking to network and just uh connect with like-minded investors feel free to reach out and up some time to chat if you're in new york hopefully you know in person if not virtual and can go from there
0: cool well thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and sharing kind of your, your experience as an investor and I wish you the best of luck and hope you get the highest returns over the next decade or two. I think thanks again for coming on.
1: Your lips to God's ears, man. Appreciate it.